folks, today's guest needs no intro. This gentleman is going straight to the Hall of Fame. Ever heard of VoIP, Voice of IP? You know the thing we're using right now to record? He created it. Ever heard of DeFi? Also created it. Ever used Wi-Fi on the New York City subway system? You can thank him for that too. What about receiving interest on your crypto? That's also today's guest. This man is a true crypto pioneer and trailblazer. Present day, he's the founder and CEO of Celsius, the world's leading DeFi platform. I'm very pleased to welcome to the Crypto News Podcast, Alex Mashinsky. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for that introduction. Very, very happy to have you here. I always do a, I try to do some research on my guests before they jump on and, um, one, I've always been a fan of you, not trying to blow smoke, but I have been a huge fan of you for a while. And um, just even in the last couple of days doing research, holy shit, have I learned a lot. So thank you for that. Kudos, you're the man. A um, couple of really interesting things. Before we get into Celsius, uh, the bread and butter of the show, I want to talk about a little bit about your past. I think a good place to start would be, the, as you're in New York right now, and as we can hear the sirens sort of buzzing in the background, I'd love to talk about how the heck did you get Wi-Fi in the New York City subway system? Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a long story. I'll, I'll give you the the, the short version. But um, basically, my best friend uh, died at the towers, September 11th, and and uh, uh, when those towers collapsed, they kind of shut down the entire uh, subway system in New York City, and and uh, it took years to kind of rebuild all that stuff, and and obviously a lot of people died. And, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people got stuck in the subways without any communication, without any... Because back in the day, you only had pay phones at the stations. That, that was the only kind of activity. Right. And you would stand in line and wait for five guys to make their call before you had any reception. Or you had to leave the station and pay the toll uh, to get uh, coverage. So so I, I said, you know what, I'm going to do this uh, for the city. Everybody's helping with different things. I'm gonna get this project done, right? And and uh, so it took several years to just convince the city to even uh, think about the idea that of allowing an external vendor to put uh, signaling in the in the subways. The New York subway system is the largest in the world, over 300 underground stations, and uh, they just basically kept telling me we don't need it. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, terrorists may use it to trigger bombs. We're not going to let you run it. Uh, and then they decided to open it to bid, and like uh, 200 companies applied to build it. Right, my idea, uh, and and uh, including all the carriers getting together, AT and T, Verizon, Sprint, uh, T-Mobile, all got together and bid against me uh, for this concept of building the system. Um, and uh, we got all the way to like uh, 2007, uh, where uh, uh, we finally won the award. The, the the MTA, which operates the systems, decided that the Transit Wireless, uh, which is my company, uh, had the best proposal. It had the least amount of uh, disruption for uh, while we're going to do the build out, and it cost the least amount of money. And Basically, we had to uh, foot the bill. We had to pay like $300 million to build it and hope that they will come. And they are the, <laughs> the four carriers because I, I can't provide the service. The signal belongs to AT&T. My job is just to rebroadcast the signal underground. And obviously, when we build it, uh, the carrier said, we, we're not going to put our service on you. We hate you guys because uh, uh, the subway system is like a gym membership. You want to... Basically, when 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 they, when you are an AT and T customer and you're underground without reception, it's like you're not going to the gym. They get paid for free you know, the monthly fee without you using the service. Well said. Uh, so we did, we didn't just put uh, f- uh, Wi-Fi. We put the five G and the four G uh, services as well. And uh, today, eight million uh, New Yorkers uh, get it uh, for free. Basically, you. We got AT&T, Verizon, Sprint to foot the bill, uh, and uh, uh, all New Yorkers and all tourists get it for free. So I, I love that. You know, it's a it's kind of similar to what we're doing at Celsius Network, where we got the institution to pay ten million in interest a week to six hundred fifty thousand users. So, so Voice of IP, the subways, the Celsius, all they all have the same 
uh, idea behind them of doing good and doing well. You're, you're the true Robin Hood. I don't know why Vlad thinks he's Robin Hood, you know, CEO of Robin Hood. You're the true Robin Hood. Vlad sort of look, you know, Vlad's a good guy. Hopefully we can get him on the pod, but he sort of looks like Lord Farquaad. Like, you know, I, I saw Dave Portnoy ripping <laughs> him on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen that. But, uh, well, he definitely can't compete with Celsius because we paid uh, yes. over $500 million to our community. And he might give you the service without charging you a fee, but he's not paying anything out. He, he's keeping all those uh, all the income that he's generating from sec lending all to himself. Yeah, and uh, all this recent, the recent Doge bag that he's secured as well, that's staying right in his pockets. Um, you touched on Celsius, which we will definitely get to. I want to go back to voice over IP as well, VoIP. Now, the software we're using right now, using VoIP, like, is, is it not weird to have created so many massive tools and pieces of technology that people use every single day? And like, to my knowledge, not a lot of people, like, you know, no one gets on the subway and is like, oh, thank God for Alex. Or no one uses Zoom and is like, oh, thank God for Mashinsky. Like, is that not weird? How, how does that all play out? Well, I can tell you my own kids don't believe that, right? They're like, they, they keep telling me like, Dad, you're not that cool. You didn't create Skype. You know, you didn't, uh, you didn't create Zoom. So I didn't create Skype or Zoom. I, I, I created the underlying technology, the protocol that, that we're all using because it's open source, right? I mean, we, we effectively gave it to the world, right? I mean, uh, something like 5 billion people use it every day uh, for all voice communications and, and, uh, uh, back in the day, uh, it definitely sounded like a crazy idea because the entire internet back in 1994, the entire internet ran on a, uh, the phone network. So if you went to people and you told them, no, you don't understand the phone network is going to run on the internet. They're like, look, you, you just don't understand how things work. Go, go back to the books and, uh, and, and learn, and you'll see that everybody's using a modem to dial in to the to the internet. But so you to be successful at innovation, you have to project yourself into the future. You have to imagine uh, that you're living in 2030 and say, okay, what well, what does the world look like? What does technology look like? What does my phone or my communication look like? And and if you can do that, then you can create that new world in your head. And then you try to bring everybody there. You try to bring the rest of humanity there. Now, sometimes uh, uh, humanity joins you and sometimes it doesn't. You, you spoke about my successes. These are the three unicorns that I created. Uh, but I also created another company called Groundlink, which was Uber before Uber. And uh, our focus was uh, to on the drivers. We wanted the happy drivers equals happy customers. And Uber said, no, 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 no. Uh, happy customers equals unhappy drivers. If we just subsidize the rates for the customers, for the yappies who, who, who <laughs> zip around in Uber every day, uh, we don't care how much we pay the drivers. The drivers are disposable, you know? So, so uh, and they burned through, I don't know, $16 billion worth of subsidies uh, and took the company public. And it's not always the best idea that wins. Uh, many times, uh, if you have enough money, you can take a really bad idea and make it win. Obviously, Uber has never made a dollar of profit in its history, and it's an 11-year-old company. So, so um, you know, being in the right place is very important, be, being at the right place at the right time, uh, having the right technology, not being too early, not being too late, and, and then uh, adoption. You know, if you get mass adoption, you win the race. If somebody else gets a mass adoption, even if their uh, model is is wrong or broken, it doesn't matter, right? It's uh, they get to the finish line first, and and uh, we get to live with the consequences, you know. So so there's a lot of bad example of mass adoption, you know. I think Facebook, uh, you know, like a lot of others that are definitely not helping society. So speaking of mass adoption. Your company Celsius right now, that is one thing that is being mass adopted. DeFi, the lending platforms receiving the incredibly high interest rates and the general public realizing, why am I getting soaked from the bank? Why am I leaving thousands of dollars in the bank for them to give me, you know, half a percent or one percent? Well, I can go over to Celsius and get, you know, 10% on my crypto. Like it seems like a no brainer. Before we get into that and talk about the mass adoption. For the general public, when I told my parents that I was speaking with you and, you know, they're like, tell me about Celsius. I told them everything. My grandma was on the phone too. It was a three-way. 
she's like, there's no way you're going to get 10%. Like, no, it has to be fake. And I'm, and I'm like, well, no, it's true, but that's a great question. So my question to you is, how does that actually work? How can you give such a high percentage of interest? Sure. So, so uh, it's a great question because if you, anyone who'll tell you, oh, it's a company secret or it's a trade secret, I can't tell you, you know, is it, it, not going to win the masses, right? I think it's very important that uh, people hear and understand the, exactly how the yield is created uh, because they, then they can entrust their savings and their financial future away from the bank. You know, we always joke that my job is to unbank the banked and bank the unbanked, you know, like that's... Love the slogan. <laughs> Love the slogan, so, unbank yourself. Exactly. So so, uh, so yield is is actually created around us all the time. When you give your money to the to your bank, they go ahead and create yield, right? They issue loans, they 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 do all kind of like arbitrage and other transactions in the financial markets by effectively using the capital you give them. So because you effectively agree to give them your money for free, uh, anything, almost anything they create out of your money through loans or rehypothecation or arbitrage or market making, all these different financial activities, SEC lending, securities lending, uh, which is what Robinhood is doing mostly, right? And order flow management and so on. So all these things are functions that uh, traditional financial markets uh, do. It's just that these companies, you know, the Goldman's, the Morgan Stanley's, the, the JP Morgan's uh, do not share with you, the depositor, the money that they create. Now we know banks make tremendous amount of money. Two weeks ago, all the banks reported their quarterly numbers. And guess what? They reported all-time record profits. So, and one after the next, they all run to Wall Street with their uh, uh, SEC filings and say, hey, look at me. I made 16% return on, on, on my capital. Look at me. I made 17%, 15%. So most banks are between that 12 and 18% range. So they... They, they take all this money and they pay it to their shareholders. They pay it in the form of dividends or they pay it in the form of stock buybacks. So every bank, Jamie Dimon could have two weeks ago say, okay, enough is enough. I've been giving too much money to the shareholders. Let me turn around and give half of the profits I have to the depositors, right? So I'm going to take the rate I'm paying from 0.1% to 3% or 4%, right? They can make, they can pay you uh, uh, this amount, amount of money and still be profitable. But they choose not to. Why? Because we all as a society have been conditioned. Your grandmother uh, has been conditioned to the fact that the rates is, are less than 1%. And, and, you know, just like when elephants, when they grow, they tie them to a pole and, and they, they think they can't really break the uh, away. And when they grow up, they still think that they can't break away because their entire life they were conditioned that, you know, even when they're giant elephants, they still can't, they think they can't break away. So that's what the banks have done to us over the last 20 years. They've lowered the rates every year. They've lowered the rates almost to zero. And now we are conditioned to give our money for free. So in, so that's what's happening in the traditional finance world. In the decentralized finance world, uh, it's an open market, meaning the market decides what is the cost of capital. The market decides, borrowers decide a, uh, what they're willing to pay. So the same 16% that Bank of America or JP Morgan makes on your money, people are willing to pay in the open market. The only thing Celsius has done that is different is that we as a company decided that we're going to take 80% of that and give it to our depositors. So we're taking it away from the shareholder. I'm the largest Celsius shareholder. So I'm actually taking it away from myself and I'm giving it to the 650,000 people who use Celsius. Now, it happens that I'm also the largest depositor in Celsius with like over $300 million. So I'm taking it from the left pocket and putting it in the right pocket. But... The point is, is that in 700 years of banking, there has never been a bank in history that paid 80% of its earnings or its income to its depositors. So that's really the innovation. And we created that in 2017, before DeFi, before all this stuff. And people thought we were crazy. People were like, you cannot pay this much money. My, my own friends. 
told me, Alex, if you paid 4%, I would actually give you my money. But you're paying 10%, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. But I'm like, that's what the market rate is. I don't decide the rate. The market decides the rate. People do. So that's the that's what we live in. But now, because there's 100 competitors to Celsius, you know, we have about 18 billion in capital. Now there's over 100 billion slushing around in DeFi. So we're still the largest single player, uh, but there's obviously a hundred other alternatives. Now a lot of people are much more comfortable with what we're doing because so many other people, are, uh, so many other companies have replicated uh, what Celsius does. So tell me, do you have do you not have like a top notch security detail around you at all times? Like you know, all the all the big bank execs are they not coming at you with spears and guns and knives? <laughs> like what's going on there? I, I said bad things. Yeah, I said bad things about banks every day. And, and and I was actually removed from several conferences because I publicly stated things that banks who sponsored those conferences found to be too egregious. And the organizers, basically, even though I was invited as a speaker, basically said, okay, your speech is over. We don't want you here. You know, you're upsetting too many people. So, but look, I, I think I'm a truth teller. Nothing I say is incorrect or inaccurate. And and really, uh, it's not just the banks. I mean, our, uh, the Fed and our financial system, our uh, treasury, right? Uh, the U.S. government is behaving in a completely irrational way, right? So, so the analogy is, uh, and think about it, right? In every family, we, you know, there is this, the uncle or the cousin or the, the sister or the brother who are this irresponsible spender, right? And they always come to family gatherings and they always need a loan and they always are in trouble and you always have to bail them out or get them out of jail or whatever. And, and that's how we are behaving. We are borrowing from the future. We're spending money we don't have. We constantly need loans, right? We constantly need to bail ourselves out. And we, the United States of America, we, the European Union, we, the Japanese uh, government. So, so really, this idea of modern monetary theory is really like the crazy uncle who's constantly begging for money and begging to be bailed out, right? And we just keep reflating and kicking the can down the road. So, so the reason I got uh, so involved with Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other uh, blockchains is because Finally, I saw a, 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 a technology that had finite supply. Everything else we deal with has infinite supply. Every company can basically issue more and more stocks, more and more bonds or debt, right, to, to infinitum. And, and, and what we've seen is that really the financial markets, the, the NASDAQ, the New York Stock Exchange are not really fair and unbiased markets, right? They are being effectively manipulated by the free money that is being injected into them by the Fed or by Treasury or by other players. And, and really, crypto is the free market. And uh, the, the traditional market, which people are telling us are the, the safest and the most open markets in the world, are the ones that are being manipulated. When do you think the last domino falls in regards to the US dollar not becoming you know, the global reserve currency. I've listened to a bunch of your stuff and you've always spoke about the Roman Empire and how they couldn't pay back their soldiers and this, so, you know, the other currencies throughout history and now the US dollar with its reign. What year do you think this happens? Look, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, every empire in history, there were 700 fiat currencies to date and all of them either lost 100% of their value or um, the vast majority of their value. So the history of fiat currencies is very, very... Uh, uh, disappointing, right? And, and for us to sit here and say, oh, we are different. We are the world's strongest empire uh, that ever existed. We are the richest country that, yeah, Rome also, the Roman Empire used to be the richest country that ever existed. Same thing with the Portuguese uh, Empire and the, and the Dutch Empire and the British Empire. You know, I can give you 20 examples. So, the, the dominoes already started falling down, right? It, it's just that they're not all the same size. The dominoes that are falling down now are the tiny dominoes. And the last, the biggest one is the U.S. dollar. And they're all going to lean on the U.S. dollar, right? So the Zimbabwe dollar, the, the, the Lebanese, uh, I think it's dinar, right? The, the Venezuelan uh, currency, right? You, I can give you 20, the Turkish lira lost like 60, 70% of its value in the last year. 
So I can give or, or the uh, the Argentinian uh, peso, right? So so there's 20 examples of dominoes that are already falling down. Now these are countries that unlike the United States, when they print money, they get immediate inflation because they're not the reserve currency of the world. So so it may take 20 years for all these dominoes to fall and lean against the dollar and then make the dollar fall over. But really it comes down to how long will people overseas uh, will continue accept dollars even though we are printing trillions of dollars every month. We're printing crazy. Like by the Biden administration just announced they're going to spend an extra, an, an additional $6 trillion dollars on top of the $4 trillion that we spend every year as, as the, the government uh, budget, right? So, so in one year, we're going to create more deficit than it took the United States like 20 years to create, right? So, so I think uh, we, we cannot kick the can down the road without any consequences. I don't, again, I don't know if it's going to take two years or 20 years, but the, the outcome is guaranteed to be a debasement of the currency and higher inflation. There's no other outcome. And, you know, I'm on the Austrian side of economics. That's why I love Bitcoin. I love gold. I love Ethereum. I, I love things that have finite uh, uh, um, supply. Uh, um, I, I, I like responsibility, fiscal responsibility. And I think that uh, just uh, uh, making money right now and letting your kids or grandkids deal with all of the consequences later on is an irresponsible behavior. This episode is brought to you by our dear friends at CoinPoker, the world's premier crypto poker platform. CoinPoker is a revolutionary blockchain technology-based platform that was developed by an ambitious team of poker players. CoinPoker uses USDT stablecoin as the main in-game currency and CHP as in-game fuel, offering all benefits of the crypto world alongside. CoinPoker also features instant and secure transactions using USDT, Ethereum, Bitcoin, or CHP tokens and no KYC. You heard that right, no KYC. CoinPoker users get huge promotions as they give away thousands in fiat each week. CHP is the currency of the coin poker economy, providing players with exclusive benefits and supports future developments delivered to the coin poker community. My favorite part about coin poker is the mobile app. When I'm on the go, I whip out my phone and play a couple hands of Texas Hold'em or bet on sports. They have an amazing sports book, really clean spreads, very clean UX, and an overall great time. If you'd like to check them out, go to coinpoker.com and give them a try. You just brought up Bitcoin. Uh, I know you're a huge fan of Bitcoin. Again, seen seen many of the rants and great talks you've had on that, the store of value, the asset class. We're at a bit of a standstill right now. It's a little wishy-washy with this 50K resistance level. One of the things you brought up many times is the importance of the market being the people for once, you know, quantifying and choosing the, the, the level of Bitcoin and its actual worth. It seems like people are pretty set besides the maxis who obviously wanted to go to the moon, but the people are pretty set and the market is set on this 50K level for the maybe foreseeable future. What do you think needs to happen for it to really, you know, pick up momentum again and go to that next level? Yeah. So last year, uh, I, I tweeted in, uh, uh, in January of 2020 that we will close the year at 30,000. And uh, we closed it uh, uh, at 4 a.m. On, on the 1st of January of 2021. We, we hit 30,000. So I missed it by four hours. Uh, and people all reached out to me and were like, okay, you predicted 2020. What's going to happen this year, you know? And uh, I don't remember where we were at the beginning of the year, but I said we will hit uh, a high of 160,000 this year, but we're going to close the year at less than 100,000. So I think we're about uh, less than halfway there as far as peaking, uh, Bitcoin peaking. And uh, I think there's a lot more to go. Uh, we've gone very, very fast from that eight or 10,000 to 50,000 or 60,000. So I don't, uh, anyone who says, oh, how come we're not moving? We, we we were driving at 300 miles an hour. You know, we, we're allowed to take a break. We're ahead of schedule, you know, like it's okay to just 
going to the stop and, and, and eat a burger and go to the bathroom and, and then uh, go back on the road, you know? So, so I think we are, uh, um, we're doing great. I mean, the adoption this year has been phenomenal. Retail, corporate, uh, institutional. I mean, you couldn't ask for more. Right, uh, uh, banks being opened, crypto banks. Right, uh, every institution, major institution, announcing so Goldman, Morgan Stanley, City, everybody announcing, "Hey, we opened the crypto desk. We're going to allow our customers to to buy the stuff." So, so I, I think we're doing just fine. And and like any market, you need to the for uh, uh, for Bitcoin to consolidate. Uh, some people are selling, which is great. But, uh, you know, at, at Celsius, again, we're managing 18 billion. We don't see anyone selling. We're seeing people uh, buying on every dip. Obviously, they, they're earning 6.2% interest. So it's a, there's a high incentive uh, to, uh, to buy more uh, Bitcoin. But, but I still think uh, we're going to see another run-up. And uh, there's definitely a FOMO from institutions for a change, not from retail of uh, basically people who are allocating, already allocated uh, into Bitcoin, uh, purchasing at all different price levels. So, so um, you know, I definitely expect us to hit that uh, 150, 160,000 uh, price range this year. I hope so too. That'd be incredible. Nice little early retirement. <laughs> um, obviously, the crypto market has done incredible this year. Everyone has loved that. So much money has gone into crypto, billions and billions, trillions, maybe not trillions, but you know, trillion-ish of dollars has gone into crypto. It seems like a lot of that is being taken from the stock market. Now, obviously, we've also printed trillions of dollars, but if so much money wasn't going into crypto, do you think the stock market would be higher? Would it be lower? About the same? How do you feel about that? So value creation is a is a very uh, weird mechanism, meaning uh, um, all markets can actually rise at the same time. You think that you're drawing down on gold and you're drawing down on the stock market, but a, a, an asset that has scarcity, that has limited supply, uh, you actually don't need that much money for it to double. It's not like if you go for a half a, bill, a trillion to a trillion, you didn't really contribute uh, half a trillion dollars of new of new dollars. It's the demand. The, the the last person to buy Bitcoin dictates what the price is for the entire asset class. So we definitely are seeing migration from gold bugs into Bitcoin reallocation. And some of it probably has to do with the inheritance, like young people like you that probably going to get some gold from their parents are going to say, I, I don't want this gold. I'm swapping it for Bitcoin or Ethereum. Same time, people that maybe made uh, three or five X uh, their money on, on Apple or on Amazon are probably saying, you know what, let me rebalance, let me diversify. So there's definitely some money coming out of there, but I don't think it's in the orders of hundreds of billions of dollars uh, coming in. So, um, so I think it's, it's uh, uh, currently there, is, there are several trillion dollars worth of uh, uh, cash sitting on the sidelines. And it's enough that just a few percentages of that is going to make its way into Bitcoin for Bitcoin price to double again. You don't need... Again, you don't need to draw down a trillion dollars from the stock market to buy uh, Bitcoin, right? So, so uh, the Bitcoin market itself is is a much smaller market. So it moves on uh, even small changes of of demand. So the, the big question is really uh, where at what price points uh, people are going to sell. Like for example, the the mining companies, right? Uh, are they going to sell at seventy thousand or eighty thousand or a hundred thousand? Or they're gonna wait for it to go higher, right? Because they're producing a lot of the new Bitcoin. Uh, the people that bought Bitcoin at ten thousand or seven thousand or whatever, are, are they gonna sell at sixty when it hits that uh, all-time high again, or they're gonna wait for it to get to go jump much higher? So we know what the supply looks like. We know exactly how much Bitcoin is being created every day, right? But we don't know uh, how much of the selling. Uh, is there? How much of the selling is going to show up at different price level? Because we've never been here before. We've never been at the seventy thousand or ninety thousand or hundred thousand levels. So, 
So, uh, so demand is definitely strong and accelerating, which is great news. And that makes me very confident that sooner or later we're going to flush through all of these weak hands and, and really hit uh, amazing numbers for Bitcoin. It's also, again, it's not that Bitcoin is so great. It's that the rest of the world is printing money so recklessly that more and more of the smartest and the richest people in the world are deciding every day, you know what, I thought I'm going to allocate 1%, I'm allocating 3% to Bitcoin, right? They're basically increasing their allocation. And, and some people like Michael Saylor are like 100%. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a, he's, he's a sick puppy though. <laughs> well, it's great. We, we need more ambassadors like him. You know, we, uh, again, I'm, I'll remind everybody that in 2017, our top ambassador was, uh, uh, John McAfee, you know, he was our top ambassador. So I'll take Michael Saylor any day of the week to be the Bitcoin, uh, top ambassador. I love that. Uh, you talked about wealthy people putting one to 3% of their net worth into Bitcoin, which something that would have been a much more efficient and larger investment would have been sell token. What a treat. I Every time I look at the charts and I see sell token, I'm like, oh man, you missed the boat on that one. Hopefully I didn't. Sell token is up what? Over 6,000% in the last year. I love going to the leaderboard and you see you know, the, uh, the sell token leaderboard, the top 500 hodlers and we have the machine himself with 40 million sell tokens. <laughs> I love seeing that. Tell me why one should hold sell token and are there any future plans for sell token down the road? Sure. So we really created this for the community, right? I mean, the project was funded by the community with an ICO in 2017. We delivered on everything we promised. Uh, we created tremendous amount of value. We created over 300 millionaires. Most of these people, these are not rich people that, uh, you know, cashed out of Amazon and then jumped in here with millions of dollars. Our average depositor is $14,000. So these are people that, for whom we changed their lives forever, right? We, 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 they believed that we were here to uh, do good and do well, and they helped us bring others, right? I mean, we don't advertise, we don't really do... Uh, all the crazy stuff that Coinbase or BlockFi or other people do, right? I mean, we are much more community-centric. Uh, we rather pay you $40 to bring one of your friends and pay them $40 than give it to Facebook or to to Google, right? Why, why spend money on advertising if I can give it to you? And if you're having a great experience, you will also bring your friends. So... So our uh, mantra worked ex exceptionally well. Like you said, we were, Masari ranked uh, sell token as the top performing uh, uh, token or coin last year, way ahead of everybody else was ranked there, Tea and, and Bitcoin and Ethereum and everybody else, right? So, and, and again, it's, it's, it, it's because we created so much value for the community, right? It's not because uh, we sold a dream or, or we gonna launch something next year, right? There's so many projects that are uh, building on a promise. They're creating hype and people getting excited and they hope that something will happen. Uh, we're adding a billion dollars a month right now in net deposits. So when we say 18 billion, uh, wow. we were uh, 10, we just a few weeks ago celebrated having 10 billion in assets. We, my, uh, we printed uh, 10 billion t-shirts and they're already obsolete because now we have to print the 20 billion t-shirts. <laughs> so, so that's how fast we're accelerating. And it's because, again, we're, we're giving 80% back to our community, to our depositors, right? No one, no one is crazy enough to do that. Binance, you know, is bragging about how they're giving 20% back. You know, like, so, so Celsius is a much, much, much uh, more, uh, uh, you know, doing better for our users and we plan to continue doing that and sell token will take care of itself i mean our utility which is earning yield on your money doesn't matter if you have gold or bitcoin or ethereum or a stable coin uh, you earn positive yield anywhere between four and 24 percent right on your money paid in bitcoin or in ethereum or in in in, in other coin you can also earn it and sell but uh, you can come to Celsius, never touch sell token, make a lot of money, withdraw it in Bitcoin and never talk to us again, never touch sell and we're happy and you're happy, right? So 
We got to create yield. We gave you most of it. It's a win-win relationship. So I think this this uh, uh, business model is a killer app, right? It's yield is the second killer app of crypto. The first one is store of value for Bitcoin. The second one is is yield, and and uh, I think Celsius does it uh, better than anyone else. And again, we have more assets than anyone else. We've paid more interest than anyone else. We've been doing this longer than anyone else. So uh, that's the secret for the sell token success. One of the quotes you have on, and by the way, you, you are literally a quote factory. Like you gotta you gotta start a book or or just have a, a Alex Mashinsky Twitter that is strictly quotes. But one of the quotes you had about Celsius and the sell token was, "Great asset, does well, does great." Pays high yield. It's a combo of a dividend stock and has crazy upside in the stock itself. And when you think about that, like that doesn't grow on trees, and that opportunity is far and few in between on the actual stock market. And you guys have intertwined all of that together. It's it's such an awesome place. What are the next steps for Celsius in regards to the whole worldwide expansion and and really getting mass adoption to become a thing? So there's only 695 million cell tokens, right? And, and half of them are held by the company. So in circulation, there's less than 300 million. And, and uh, uh, so you have to think to yourself, okay, limited supply, even more limited than Bitcoin or Ethereum because Bitcoin and Ethereum have inflation. They're creating new Bitcoin and new Ethereum every day. Celsius does not create any new cell tokens. So we're adding, we're growing at about 3% week over week, just in number of subscribers, right? So, so we're now at, like I said, 650,000, do compounding 3% week over week, right? How far are you gonna get? So it's gonna, there's gonna come a time where you're going to not have enough sell token because every week, 60% uh, of our community says, I don't wanna be paid in Bitcoin, I don't wanna be paid in Ethereum, I want sell token. So we have to take our earnings, go to market and buy sell token in the market so we could deliver it to our community. And, and just like with Bitcoin or Ethereum, the sell token holders say, I'm, I'm not selling. I, why would I sell to you? I know that next week Celsius will be buying in the market and the week after that. And every week they have to buy more and more and more. So if I just sit on my hands and wait, the value of the token will appreciate, right? So. So that's the dynamics. That's the basically the tokenomics of the cell token. And we still, there, I don't think there is any other project today that does that, right? I mean, there's a lot of projects that shower governance token on you, that they, they give you farming, they give you, but they don't have this tokenomics where it's a win-win-win for everybody, right? Like you said, in Celsius, you can come and just earn yield, you can earn yield and uh, benefit, uh, earn it in sell token, right? Or buy sell token, right? You can also buy the equity. You can buy into the equity of Celsius. Uh, when you gave all that money to Coinbase and, and, and in terms of fees and buying Bitcoin from them and so on, did they send you any thank you notes and said, hey, here are your shares. Come participate in our IPO. You created $60 billion worth of value. Nada. Nada, right? At Celsius, you get to participate. We we allowed, uh, uh, we basically, besides the ICO, we also invited our entire community to come and join us in our equity round. And over a thousand people from all over the world bought equity in Celsius. They're sitting on the bus right next to me. They own equity, they own sell token, they have coins on deposits that are earning interest. It's a win-win-win. All of our interests are aligned. So that when you have all your interests are aligned, it's very easy to make decisions, right? You you basically look to the left, you look to the right, yep, let's add this token, let's add this coin, let's increase the rate, and so on. So, so it's, it's, it's an amazing ride. I, I get thank you emails, thank you letters every day. It gives you tremendous energy. You, you want to work 24 hours a day. Uh, and again, this is my eighth startup as a founder. So, you know, I think it's a great opportunity to really uh, uh, scale this and make it into uh, a global bank, right? Because today we're still a niche crypto market company. So we are betting on 100 million people bet joining us, right? And, and, and changing lives for 100 million people, enabling them to see financial, uh, getting to financial independence, seeing light at the end of the tunnel, getting to to 
seeing that, that you can make it to retirement. You can help your parents. You can help your family, right? The, all these things are things that almost like uh, faded away or disappeared from our lives. Most young people can't afford a house, can't afford to get married, can't afford to have more than one kid, you know? So, uh, and it's all because of, uh, the, again, this inflation pricing where most people just can't afford to uh, to live their lives. One, this has been incredible, Alex. One, one last question before we let you go here. You had a quote, again, straight from the quote factory, goes as follows. You said, I was born in communism, grew up in socialism, and thriving in capitalism, and crypto is decentralized Buddhism. How did you work that together? Like, where did that come from? That's almost, you sound like you got a bit of Naval in you. Like, <laughs> what's, where's that, where's that from? I love that. Well, so, so look, I grew up, uh, I was born in the Ukraine. Uh, uh, my, my parents had this old, uh, decrepit house. I have, a, I had an out, outhouse. I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the winter. Ukraine, the winter is a serious winter. You had to, to go up the, a hill to go to the bathroom. So, it, you know, like it's not like I was born with a silver spoon and and uh, and magically everything I touched turned into gold. So so I struggled through life. Uh, I grew up in Israel. Uh, my parents immigrated. I grew up in Israel. Went to the military there, and 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 I've seen uh, horrible things. Right, uh, both in 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 you know before I came to the United States and and when I came to this country, I was like. This is amazing. This place is, you know, most Americans, I always say that every day, you're Canadian. So, but uh, the same is true for most Canadians. They don't appreciate what they have. Like, uh, you're better off than 99.9% of the population around the world. And most uh, Americans just take it for granted and they complain about, you know, their their Tesla and the, the highways and they only take two vacations a year and, and whatever, you know, so... So my point is, is that, that uh, communism, capitalism, socialism all have their uh, advantages and disadvantages. But today, even capitalism, which works so well for me, uh, does not work for, I would say, 99% of Americans, right? I mean, so we need a fourth system. And what I, when I look at uh, decentralization, for me, decentralization is like Buddhism. It's a, it's a fourth system. Uh, which we can carve or 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 uh, curate in our own uh, in the best way for humanity, right? So so we want to take the best ideas out of the existing three systems and make sure that we don't build another Wall Street. We don't build another hierarchy that in which people just don't get to express their uh, the best they can be, but rather judge people based on their contribution to society instead of their ability to generate profit or generate uh, uh, money, right? Which is how we measure society today. Our heroes today are the guys who became billionaires, are the guys who are celebs on uh, on TV or whatever, versus the people who was a scientist or the people who took us to the moon or whatever. So so I think... Uh, the, the, the thing that is very important for me is to make sure that what we build here is done for the community and by the community rather than going and bragging around saying, oh, you know, I bought Bitcoin at $300 and now I'm a billionaire and bow to me, you know, because I'm, uh, <laughs> I got in on the bus before you. So I should be worth billions because I got in on the bus 10 minutes before you got in on the bus. You know, oh, you're right. that's basically what what's happening today. So at Celsius, uh, it's all about giving more and more and more. We have never charged a single Celsius a fee. Never. Right? So the whole idea that you can create a, gi a giant company with tens of billions of dollars in assets that pays hundreds of millions of dollars of interest and never charge a single customer a single fee is a whole new concept, right? And and it, it's very hard for banks or financial institutions to compete with that because their entire concept uh, is, okay, we're going to pay them nothing to deposit. We're going to charge them for inactivity, inactivity fees. We're going to charge them ATM to withdraw their money. We're going to charge them on the credit card when they want to use their money. Everything is a toll collector fee approach. 
right? And and that is just uh, uh, all of us get used to that. All of us get used to the fact that we work super hard. Some of us work two jobs. Then we give our money to this institution and they rape us and there's nothing we can do about it. Oh, you're bang on. Alex, this is incredible. One last question. I forgot. I... Banks, banks are not your friends. Okay? Let's put it that the, way. The, the slogan of Celsius, unbank yourself. You heard it here. That is, I love that slogan. I, forgot, I totally forgot to ask this. You are the grandfather of DeFi. You coined it MOIP, money over IP. Everyone else went with DeFi. Maybe DeFi sounds a little sexier than MOIP. I guess it does. MOIP's a little off. You know, it just doesn't really roll off the tongue nice. MOIP, MOIP. Yeah. I didn't have much choice, you know? You had to stick with it. Why did, why did DeFi run and MOIP didn't? Well, um, so the, 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 wording, uh, the wording DeFi really stands for decentralized finance. And, and there are very, there are many different uh, shades of decentralized finance. There's a pure version, which is, okay, I'm going to use only smart contract. There is a DAO. There is no, no one is in charge. And, and while that is great for uh, maybe, again, 1% of the population that can figure out how to do farming and how to work with uh, MetaMask and other wallets and what's a private key versus a public key and, and how not to get uh, conned or have a, or have a, 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 a rug pool or, or, or get stuck in, a, in, in the wrong uh, pool of capital, right, where, where you can basically lose all your money. Celsius decided to be your shepherd, right? Celsius is a different version of DeFi where uh, we have a wallet just like your MetaMask. We pay you interest based on the best efforts we put in uh, uh, to create yield, but we also keep you safe, right? We know which ones are the safe projects. We know uh, when is the time to get out so you don't have uh, impermanent loss. And uh, we lend to institutions, exchanges, DeFi, retail, right? We do mining. So we have five or six different sources of yield. And if you try to do it yourself, you cannot beat the Celsius rate. So once in a while, you'll see compound or Aave spike higher than Celsius. But if you took the average rates over the last year or two years, well, they didn't exist for two years. But if you take... As long as they existed, any of our competitors, you will see that on average, Celsius pays more on every asset. So, so the question you have to ask yourself is, okay, do I have time? And I have to, you have to press the button, be on the computer 24-7, be in the know of every new project, or you can just park your coins at Celsius yeah. and earn either in-kind or in-sell. In-sell, no one in the world has beaten Celsius because, like you said, we're up over six thousand percent. So, so, and that's like picking one out of ten thousand projects, right? Who's going to be the winner, right? Uh, and and it's funny, like I was in the, I was in the, uh, several conferences, and like one of them, I think, was Token Forty Nine in in LA. Uh, I was sitting on a panel with a bunch of smart asses who were all like, oh, I know what which project is going to win. And I'm like, this is 2018. <laughs> and I said, no, none of you know it, because if you know, knew it, you would be, wouldn't be sitting here talking about it. You would be actually putting your money there. And they're like, well, do you know who's going to win? I'm like, no, I don't know. And I wouldn't be saying it to anyone. Meanwhile, it was us. So, so that was like uh, the irony of the thing. So... Um, so again, we, we, it's not that we Celsius or we DeFi are so good. The banks are doing such a horrible job with their customers. The Fed is doing such a horrible job with the dollar that it's not hard to be a winner. It's not hard to deliver uh, this yield. And, and the opportunity for most people is really, do you want to unbank yourself? Do you want to sever that? It's like a bad marriage. You know, one side is abusing the other side and, and you just keep taking it. You keep coming and they're slapping you across the face and they're taking your money and, and you don't do anything, right? What kind of relationship is that? So so uh, at Celsius, we make, we pay interest every Monday. We make trust deposits every week, right? Whatever we earn for the week, we, we issue it to everybody on Monday and you can go and verify. We also have what's called proof of community. So you can go on the blockchain and with zero proof uh, uh, verify that what we paid you was 80% of what we've earned. So all of these tools that we've created, I think, 
are a much better way for the 99%, not for the 1% who's like tech savvy and so on, but these are amazing tools for the 99% to join the crypto revolution. And when we started Celsius, our focus was on bringing the next 100 million people, not solving the problem for the guys who hold their keys and know how to farm and they're OGs of Bitcoin or Ethereum. They probably don't need my help, you know, but, but the, the, the 7.8 billion people who are out there, every one of them, there isn't a person on the planet that you ask, okay, do you want to earn more in your money? Who will say, no, I'm already making so much money. I don't need any help. You know, I'm, I'm killing it all by myself. 99% of those people are going to need a safe and transparent and a sustainable mechanism to earn yield. Alex, you're the man. This was absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for jumping on. Before we let you go, please tell our guests where they can find you on socials and online. Sure. So uh, Twitter is at Mushinsky, my last name. Uh, Celsius.network is the website. Download the app on Android or in the App Store, Celsius Network. And we're everywhere. We are on uh, YouTube. Sign up. I have an AMA every Friday. Uh, so go search for Celsius Network and uh, and sign up. We answer. We you know we have a guest every week. We answer uh, viewers' questions, and there's tremendous amount of content already. Thousands of videos, both created by us and by the community, educating you about all the good things and the bad things of of uh, creating or using yield. And uh, we'll be in Miami on uh, June 4th at the Bitcoin conference. So come see us there. Uh, it's an amazing event. I'm so happy that uh, they decided to do it in person, outdoors. So it's going to be phenomenal. So see you, uh, see you in Miami. What a treat, folks. Alex Mashinsky, this was incredible. Alex, thanks so much for jumping on. Big thanks to your team for helping set this up. Big thanks to the Crypto News team as well for setting this up. Folks, this is the Crypto News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Alex Mashinsky from Celsius. That is Celsius Network. If you enjoyed this, we'd love if you would subscribe. We're going to have plenty of other guests on the show. And Alex will definitely be on for round two in the near future. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you all shortly. Have a great day. All the best. Bye.